This episode of the Turntable Teachers Podcast featuring Meech of Van Buren Records is brought to you by the Find Your Sound Workbook, the ultimate songwriting workbook for the hip-hop and R&B artist. Get 54 profit, industry-ready beats for free with the $25 purchase of one workbook. Find Your Sound creates the perfect songwriting atmosphere by including a QR code to each beat that allows you to easily stream each beat while focusing on writing your lyrics in the physical workbook to eliminate all distractions. Each beat in the book includes a unique name, type beat, BPM, key, and freestyle words to help flourish creativity efficiently. Don't limit yourself to one style. Learn to unleash your creativity in ways you never imagined before. This is an amazing tool for artists, music supervisors, and music students. Unleash your creativity and find your sound. Visit thekidproductionsshop.com to purchase your workbook today. And now, enjoy episode 84 of the Turntable Teachers, featuring Meech of Van Buren Records. And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is back in session. Here for another guest speaker episode at AOA Studios. If you're an artist, podcaster, or content creator, make sure you hit us up at aoastudios.org to book your session today. And I am joined by a very special guest. Yes, sir. He might look very familiar. Part of the illustrious music collective van buren the one and only meech bold is here joining the podcast meech this is awesome i'm so excited you're here bro. long time coming and seriously you know we were just talking off air like how you know and good good for you man you were like oh how long you've been doing this about 2019 like you like you you did a little bit of your research too so serious i remember (laughs) when i seen that logo i was like yo i remember that time that was so early because you came yeah it happened around the time we just started really infiltrating the scene exactly so i remember that like so yeah vividly. yeah because we had like well he used to when he when he was going by lord felix yep. we had him yep. on in yep. uh yeah 2019 and that was when we were audio only we were talking about this yeah. a little bit off air yeah. so Brand you are you are the Brand second Brand van buren member that we've had on the, uh, the show we're gonna, more, we're, gonna, man. Yeah, we're gonna get yeah, them all we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna roll through them all so <laughs> yeah. giles et yeah yeah luke yeah luke, yep, yep. Yeah, uh andrew regis we're, yep. we're talking all you guys so yep. we'll get you all on here eventually but no great to have you here bro you're doing amazing things and i've been following you for a long time and you've been so great in, in the scene and you yeah, guys yeah. as Van Buren with so much to talk about yeah, um, the first thing I want to start with this is actually the objective so this okay. part of the uh, episode we get to know a little bit, bit about you and your mm. background so I know you are a very family family oriented person yeah, yeah. and your family you come from like a lot of entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. so for you like coming from such an entrepreneurial background how do you think that like as a growing up as a kid, like how has that sort of helped you in your later years as an artist? And of course, like growing up as you've gotten to this point, um, it, it showed a lot of, um, self-reliance, you know, you don't, you, you, it's tough. Cause in a perfect world, you want everyone to be on the same page and we yeah. all become Amazon, right? you know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? but, um, entrepreneurship, uh, especially seeing it specifically, it was my, it was my dad and he just, from the ground up, you know, um, even beforehand, you're talking about DIY, like that's a guy that created everything from scratch. Like he just had to learn. Right. So whether it was soap or like the box for the soap, um, the, the logo for said soap, like that would be one thing. Then it's oil. 
then it's um i don't know a shampoo right like all these type of things then it's jewelry right makeup powder like i'm seeing him doing that at a young age and i was just always confused because he had a job so i'm like wait why is this happening when i was like 10 11 and um at the time i guess my ignorance was just annoyed because i'm like oh why do i gotta do this i would go on little trips but as i've gotten like now where i stand i see especially we see in it in the music industry uh a lot of the things is preferred to be independent now. Like sure. It's more on your side because it's all right. There's less hands involved, more creative control. Mm-hmm. So I already to see that at a younger age was insane. So like some people seeing it now in this new social media age to gravitate to it. I can say like, I'm, I was definitely privileged to see that at 10 to now till this day. Like my sure. dad hasn't stopped. Right. So awesome. it's insane just to see him start from a wholesale business to then he has two beauty supply stores. Like, uh, you're talking about uh, 20, 19 years later, right? Wow. Like, first starts with a wholesale business 19 years ago, and he's working still, balancing it. And then time goes by, he doesn't have his job anymore. And he's like, I'm going to just do this. And you're looking up 12 years later, two stores. You're like, yeah. what the hell? Like, this is crazy. So um, that showed me just the music, same thing. If I started in 2017, seriously, it started then. Like, you're talking about six years. So I haven't. I look at it in like human years, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I'm not even in my adolescent stages yet. Like I'm still, I'm an infant, you know, everyone in VB's, it's still early. Oh God. Still yeah. early. Yeah. So, um, I think now it's kind of taught me the resilience, the patience and, um, the intention. You got to know mm-hmm. what you do, what you want out of it. So my dad always had that. Like that was the, I'll probably say my dad a lot. Cause it's just like that. I, as someone, I really model my game after in a sense. So, um, I've seen an article in 98. He said, I want to own a beauty supply store. I'm like, 98, and it didn't happen until 2009. You know what I mean? Like, it's just intention. Yeah, sometimes it takes, it just Mm -hmm. takes time. You know what I mean? And for you guys, just getting your start as a collective to feel to where you are now, and you've made such headway, but I I completely agree with you. I think you guys are only like scratching the surface of what you potentially can do. Um, So I'll I'll transition a little bit to that, of course, with uh, you guys in Van Buren, but I first want to talk a little bit about Brockton and actually yeah. the scene in Brockton yeah. because I think when people think you know Massachusetts they of course the city that ever always comes to mind is Boston yeah and I think that sometimes those lines get a little bit blurred everybody sort of gets put in this box of oh Boston artist Boston artist Boston mm-hmm. artist and Millie's has said this many times I've heard him say this on many interviews where it's like no it's Matt like not everybody's from Boston it's from Massachusetts mm-hmm. and you guys I feel like do such a great job of repping Brockton mm-hmm. and with the amount of artists that come from the Massachusetts scene I feel like you know of course they're coming from all over I feel like Roxbury is a place where there's a lot of artists coming mm-hmm. like tons and has been for a long time but I feel like Brockton's like you know right on its heels I mean mm-hmm. you have you guys, you have Garrett Merck, yep. Easy Beats, yep. Neo Retro. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a new artist I just came on to called 20 Tabs Open, who's dope. Yeah. Br- Brandon yeah. Tory. Yeah. Um, you know, the list goes kind of goes on and on. Yeah. So what do you think it is about Brockton that makes it so special as an arts and sort of uh, creative community? Um, the culture. So for sure, 110 um, percent. If you if you ever come, if you ever find yourself in that in that end of Massachusetts, man, you'll see. Uh, a lot of mom and pop shops, right? And it's mostly owned by foreign people. So it won't be like, it'll be like a mom and pop shop owned by a Cape Verdean, mom and pop shop owned by a Jamaican, mm-hmm. by a Haitian, uh, African, right? So it's very extensive in that sense. And I, I think that's why I always love art because that space was like, you can just walk the street and hear, you'll hear Tupac and then you'll hear Haitian compa, right? Like, mm-hmm. which is like a former genre of Haitian music or you'll hear Afrobeats. 
right? You'll hear uh, 90s R&B, right? You'll just hear black African-Americans go crazy. Or then you'll hear alternative, right? You'll hear, like, the alternative coming from the 80s, right? Um, so, or Michael Jackson, right? Pop music, right? So it's, like, insane, like, when you just walk out there. And it's all cohesive. So when, you in, when you're there, you'll see the basketball culture. You'll see the basketball courts, right? The parks, like, you'll see that. And that was a big part of it. And that nurtured a lot of me. Um, personally, some of most of VB they were at the public school, so that domain kind of curated their existence to just like the language, how to joke around, what to what to wear, how you dress. Like we don't, we're not on the same time as Boston, so that's why that distinction was important because we didn't take a train anywhere. Like we didn't have this public transportation system set up that was like we can get to the city. We can get to sounds weird, but it's, I couldn't get to a uh, Gucci. Like, at 14, I couldn't get... To, uh, Gucci wasn't near Brockton, right? It was Westgate Mall, right? Yeah. That's what you had, the local mall. And then you had the Brockton Fair. Like, we didn't have the carnival, like the Boston Carnival, where it's insane. Or the Celtics, even, right? Like, you're, you're supporting from a distance, whereas people are like, yeah, I used to go to Celtics game. I was like, bro, a Celtics game was a whole day worth of a trip. You <laughs> I know? was like, yeah, that was like a vacation. That's a vacation. <laughs> no, seriously, bro. Oh, so, I believe it. <laughs> you talk about 40, 30, 40-minute 40 transition, drive, all that? Nah, bro, so... For us, it was like we had we worked with what we had. Like yeah. I remember, Mariah Carey was like, "I'm doing the best with what I got." You know, like Absolutely. literally, that's what it felt like. So that's what made it so special, and yeah. um, the history behind it too. Like we had, I think it was Marvin Hagler, and then we had Rocky. Right, mm-hmm. you had infamous boxers, um, and then you had actors like Pooch Hall. He was on the game when I was popping on uh, WWB. So it's like with Tia Mori, like one of the the twins. Like it was just crazy. So and then we had a football player, I think Al Louis Jean. Hopefully I'm not butchering his name, but I remember he played for the Bears, right? We have a guy named Angie Montero right now. Hopefully I'm not butchering his name either. I don't know him personally, but I know of them and their work. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing for the Dolphins, um, and then we had like this guy Nizri, who played in Nevada D1, plays overseas. I think he's in the FIBA World Cup right now. Oh sweet for the Ivory Coast for that tournament. So it's like everyone was doing something, and everyone's special. There's so many special people. And Brockton that haven't seen the light of day, but we always hear, hear that story, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, at first it was, I actually, Garrett Merck, I've been listening mm-hmm. to for probably, weirdly enough, I was over a with decade. Him yesterday, actually. Oh, you were? Yeah, yeah. Shout out Garrett Shout Merck, man. Guy. One of the, yeah, one of the nicest guys I met in the scene for guy. sure. He's, he's great. Uh, he knows this story because I've told him before, mm-hmm. but I was in college. Uh, I was a junior and I was one of my roommates. Um, he comes into the room and we're listening to some music. He's like, yo, I got to, back when he was going by Merck, mm-hmm. he's like, yo, I got to show you this song. And it was Fish Brains. Well, that was uh, way back. <laughs> yeah. And so we used to bump yeah. that shit like crazy. And yeah. then when I started, like got into the scene again, or not again, but like for the first time really, and started the podcast and came back on to him, I'm, I you know, shot him a DM. I'm like, bro. Yeah. But I didn't realize he was from Brockton. And then obviously you guys. And then there's just so many, like I said, like all the names I mentioned, I'm probably, you know, like, like you said, yeah, you, you named plenty too. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm forgetting flies, so many. Yeah, the Flyers, that's right. There's a bunch, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so many. I feel like, you know, if you're from Brockton, there's a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. I can see almost like it's like something I can like almost you can almost visibly see. Yeah. But yeah. you you guys just seem like I'm not saying nobody else from you know Massachusetts works hard, but there's just a different feeling to it. Yeah. You guys take a lot of pride from being yeah. from Brockton, and I I just appreciate that. Like yeah. be, you know, having pride in where you're from. Yeah, it was bo- like, where where the ET um, the it's boxer country, right? So it's it's <laughs> yeah, it's really right. a battle. Um, and and I, I to me I stand with where I stand. So I I know Brockton has something different in the water compared yeah. to the other cities in mass um and you know people like millie's and them they're in a position where they they, they can talk 
overall because you know he's working with a Jada because he's working at a high level, right? Sure. Uh, Bia, they're working at a high level. Um, Brogdon, we, we uh, is Massachusetts already has a tough infrastructure, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're even coming from a popping scene like Stiz and them, they're coming from a Boston or Dorchester, right? It's like okay, there's still not a big advantage even for them, of like course. even for Boston, right? So because the landscape's not like that. So now imagine you think about a city like us or um, Springfield. Right, totally. like like spaces like that where I know there's a lot of artists working. There's a lot of them, but I think for us, the the swagger, our step is just different. Brockton's step is just different. Like when they talk about Brooklyn in New York, that's how I feel about Brockton. Huh, like, that's a it's good just comparison. Like, actually. Seriously, I think seriously. so. Because yeah. when I'm in Brooklyn, I'll be like, yo, this is so special. This is so weird. It's so different. <laughs> Brockton's the same way. Yo, you you'll one day see like just a beautiful set of like teachers and young children walking to their uh, their school, right? And it's like, all right, kids, walk on the side. And then you just see a fiend hit the robot, like <laughs> like five seconds later. You're just like, what is going on? And then you'll see another person preaching the gospel, or then and then five seconds later, you'll see two people, a car accident, and then they're getting out in the middle of the street, cussing in Puerto Rican and Cape Verde, <laughs> right? So it's just like that. That's the spontaneous energy that comes with Brockton. Seriously. I love it. I love it. Yeah. No, I appreciate that so much. And, and I feel like you guys are such a great representation mm-hmm of Brockton and I want to obviously get to that. So yeah. of course everyone knows that Meech is a part of Van Buren. Yes, and so I, you know, a little bit of um, some of my research I I found that uh so you've known Felix Lord Felix now goes by Felix mm. um since you were young, since you were mm. three. Yeah. But you didn't really join Van Buren until a little bit after, right? Like once you stopped yeah, playing yeah. college basketball at yeah. Elms, right? You started yeah. you really got into Van Buren then. So mm. talk to me about like your guys' come up and sort of working together and, and how that has been from when you guys started to, of course, where you're at now, which, again, I think you guys are on the precipice of, like, really just breaking the whole floodgates open. Yeah, uh, I appreciate those words, man. You are. It's, it's, I, 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 I'm not just saying that because the camera's nah, rolling. Like, I genuinely yeah, believe that. I really do. <laughs> it's always interesting hearing it because, uh, I don't know, getting to this point, it started with, like, a recording in – one of our boys' closets, right? It like, always starts it always that starts way. Like that, yeah, right? like like so. Lord Felix. If and whenever you watch this, like he knows, like yeah, he was, yeah. he came up to literally my my bedroom was split in two ways, like, yeah. and it was or you never would have known it if you saw it on camera, but. You know, he came in when we had no cameras, like I said, yeah. audio recording only, like, yeah. you know, so you just, the level, up, the level is, up is, it happens, of course. And and it, we, you could lose sight of that, but it was, it was huge, um, cause I think 15, 16 and 14, whatever, just like anything, uh, hip hop is a teaching tool. Yeah. So it taught us everything that we knew, um, and our interests. It did. It did. So Growing up in that blog era, Asher Roth, Charles Hamilton. Asher Roth, right? That's a name I haven't heard. Yeah, in a bit. bro. Uh, Mickey Fax. Yeah, Mickey Fax. Kendrick. Absolutely. Drake, right? Those guys. Um, they they infiltrated our our space, and then you had clothing brands come up with it, whether it be like a Johnny Cupcakes, uh, BBC, um, LRG, right? Um, and it's just it was always all just of interest, right? And any, of any kids in the urban community. Um, and then 15, 16, uh, it became like Felix took some initiative to actually create something out of it. And we, I remember to this day we had our, uh, one of our boys, Lolo, um, at the time we made like a mixtape. Like we just did, had an interface, recorded right there, made like a whole mixtape in like an hour or two. It's still out there. It's mad funny. But That's it's awesome. just like, all right. And that stemmed to let's actually cultivate something. And Stiz, Christmas, mm. uh, OG, Hefe. Uh, Lino, 
vintage like that scene started budding garrett all those people started dropping and getting like double xl to cover them or little article here or mac miller to give recognition or logic or drake or asap mob right so it showed us like whoa, whoa, whoa. i just saw him last week at greco you know what i mean <laughs> like he's wait a minute i just that hefe outside of New Balance or something, RIP right? Hefe, so it's like, right, RP for real, because it's like it was it was crazy. So that's where everything shifted. Like, mm-hmm. all right, Felix was just like joking around. I would just joke around because I always would freestyle all the time since I was like eleven. And then um, Giles was always interested in it, and then that cultivated everything. So, awesome. yeah, bro, it was just that it. was the start. That was the start of all yeah. that. You know, made it possible. Yeah, and what I love about you guys. So I'm, I mean, I'm been a bit, and I'm not comparing you guys whatsoever, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, like, I'm a, I've been a huge fan of like Brockhampton for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right when I came on to hip hop, even going back, like big fan of Wu Tang and what I've always loved about those groups and you guys as well is I feel like you each bring such a unique style mm-hmm. and a unique element to the group that is necessary, mm-hmm. right? Even in some of your cadences or the way you flow, but somehow it all seems to kind of work together. So I'm wondering with such a large collective and there's being so many of you, yeah. does it make, when you guys get into a room and when you guys are creating together, what parts of it, of that creative process make it really easy and simple to be able to create together? But what are, what elements as well make it a little bit more challenging with, because yeah. sometimes that, you know, that there's that age old uh, quote of like, too many cooks in the kitchen type yeah. deal. So for you guys, like, where does that balance sort of come from? Because I feel like, you know, from the outside looking in, it seems like you guys really move together well as a group. Mm. But even when, you know, like, for example, we'll talk about it later, I'm sure, but the Goldfest performance, yeah. there was only, you know, it was only you and Veda, E.T. and yeah. Andrew, but it right. still felt like a Van Buren right. Right. Uh, performance. So talk to me a little bit about, like, how, what, what makes having so many people and so many members of a group easy and where it maybe becomes as a challenge yeah uh where, where it's easy is um you start to weed out we all love it like we all love the art form mm-hmm. right so a lot of that is unspoken um when you know all right i should take out my verse uh or i should take out that bridge or i should add a bridge or i belong on this beat you know what i mean there'll be things like that 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 will occur so those were the things that made it flow through our first two projects specifically. The third project, we went in a different direction because everyone was like kind of dispersed. Mm-hmm. So we made it like, uh, I could almost treat DSM as a compilation tape. Seriously. Um, it's not like a conceptual situation. It's just like a lot of stuff was happening. So um, the first two projects, we was in the same room and we were making it. And it was like just the agenda of art. Like, all right, let's see what's, what's going on in the air. What's the vibe? And it's like, all right, Baffert Press is like, they don't want to see us win. Right, they don't want to see it. They don't want to see a collective win. They want drill raps. They want um, twerk music, you know. So we bad for for the agenda. Mm-hmm. Boom, right. That's the objective. And then we in L. A. and we're just like, yo, we saw opportunities and saw things and ideas about how we can grow, um, in a financial sense. So we're just like, yo, Black Wall Street and Aziz was already there. So we're just like, Black Wall Street, Shout let's out turn it up. Let's just let's, let's, let's turn right. Facts. Mm-hmm. That's my guy. It's like let's turn it up. So that was that, and then. You get to this point where it's like, all right, um, dudes started growing three years. Uh, that was 2021. So two years go by. I've gotten older. Everyone's gotten older. Your agendas change, right? Right. Um, people get in relationships. People break out of relationships. People get into situations for music, deals, whatever. They get out of deals. Um, all that, right? We balance and act. So that's where the cons start coming in because it's real life, right? So mm-hmm. you, you have 
people might have grieved you know they might have lost a loved one or something so those things kind of come in the way and people change so now it's like i don't i would i can tell you now like this meach i mean i go by meach bold now to like i was going by meach and bad for press like that should already show you this kind of this evolution mm -hmm. so i'm not gonna approach it the same anymore like i'm not approaching whatever our next project is the way I did Bad for Press, and neither will Felix, because he like he's not even Lord Felix no more, right? right he's Felix, exactly. Right? Yeah. Everyone's going through these arcs. Even ET, he was Saint Lior for the longest time, and then changed to ET. There you so, go, yeah, right? Exactly. So it's it's that is the con aspect of it is that we evolve and we grow, so it changes. Like the the music's gonna change, uh, the collective music will change. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna be what it was, and that's that's the thing. And I think there's um, you, you will find your disagreements because it's just like, oh, this worked. When we did that, this work, I'm like, well, we're not that anymore, exactly. right? Like sometimes, not. yeah, like you said, like mm -hmm. there's that might have only worked in that yeah. in that time, yep. and because of the way you've all evolved and naturally just grown, mm -hmm. that same formula might not work again. Mm -hmm. So, and 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 that's where you you butt heads because it's like, no, we should do an EP. No, we should do three songs. No, we should do twenty three songs. Right. No, we should do a conceptual album. No, we should just do a mixtape. No, we should just work with VB producers only. No, let's go to LA and work with these producers. No, let's work with Aziz, right? And then that's where everything starts hitting the fans, and it's like we gotta, you gotta feel it out. Just, sure. and I think that's a, one reason why a lot of our personal art and our art in general that we put out will always, it it will be pretty solid. It'll always be pretty good because it comes from this like moral compass. Like we we respect what we came up off of. If you came of up course. off a of blueprint, you came up off of our future. ASAP Mob, whatever, uh, Drake, um, we know what those guys took when it came to their intention, right? It exactly. was like we took our time, whether it was even four or five mixtapes, it just made sense, you know what I mean, for them to craft what they wanted to craft. So that's why I think I know for us the pros will always outweigh the cons, mm -hmm. but it's 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 tough because being in a group, not everyone's going to accept it. Of know? course, and you know I, I like what you said about that because I think that's and I appreciate your like yeah. vulnerable and honesty there because yeah, yeah. I know that was kind of a potentially difficult uh, question to ask. Oh, hell, but yeah, no, but no, like, I I appreciate know, the honesty. No, I do, yeah, and man. and but I, and I think that's something that like I think normal or just regular audience or regular fans when they're listening to music mm. don't they don't think about that all yeah. the time they just think about the art and they think about oh my god this this band broke up like why i used to love them like they were doing so well it's mm. and, it, and it, it, i don't mean this in a, in a negative way but because we all have them me included mm. all of us ego plays a huge factor in a lot of things but ego is actually a positive thing mm. because ego allows us to actually be the driving force to be the creatives and and put ourselves out there yeah. and do that thing but it can also get in the way as well because we all have our own opinions on how we maybe see you know as a group how we maybe see fit to to continue yeah, so right. i completely agree with that I, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying uh my last question on this sort of uh section of this is you know of course all you guys do solo music as mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. and you each you know uh you each um uh, feature on each other's, you know, solo music For, a lot. Uh, so, most part, yeah, yeah. Some people, some guys get away with it. Yeah, some yeah. guys. Which and it'd be like that. Yeah. yeah, and you do. Like, I mean, you've had a lot of your, I mean, a lot of the members mm -hmm. on on your songs. Yeah. So for you, like, how do you decide when you're crafting like a Meech Bold project? Yeah. Like, how do you decide or, or differentiate? You know, which Van Buren members you're gonna have on certain songs? Does that like naturally just happen, or is there like like you said earlier about intention? Is there like an intentional thing? Like, okay, I heard this beat. I think Giles would be good on it, or I think Luke would be good on it. Right? Like, how does that sort of work for for um, you personally? It could yeah, be different for everybody. Yeah, like for, for, for me, it's always a intuitive 
pull. So when I would hear a, a record, when I make my my stuff, I just make it right. Mm-hmm. I'll just make it for my concept, my brain, and then I'll let it. I'll listen to it every day, right? So, for example, if I had I had Giles, um, like my nine four, like I had Giles and Felix on there and Luke, right? And I remember me and Luke, like we had this synergy at the time that was very backpack energy. So I had a beat that was kind of backpacking. I'm like, hmm, this will work. No house parties, let's do it. Uh, Trust was mad, vulnerable, and darker, more trap-heavy, and more gritty. So then it's just kind of like, oh, Giles is here. Uh, let's just do it. Um, and then Phil, uh, Felix, we had like we VB, And I know Felix is always, me and him are always like just naturally conscientious. So when it's a little bit more deeper, more meat to it, to the, to the concept, it's like, all right, Felix is good at that. that um, and that was just kind of like naturally... But the thing that is more so the challenge is, okay, I need you to get on this and give me 32 bars. Like, that's how, I'm, that's how I'll be. So, like, when I had, like, a song spraying wrist, I said, E.T., I just need you to do a bridge. And you're going to sing it because your voice is kind of weird. That's the point, right? It's not like, you know, E.T. could go in there and rap for 38 bars. It's like, I don't need you to do that. Mm-hmm. That's not what the song needs, right? And, I, and that's where I kind of decipher when I want to get VB involved. It's not in there. It's not going to be for their... Justice. It's gonna be like, all right, Felix. I want you to come in. You gotta give me eight rap verses. I don't even need you to. Or Luke, give me background vocals. Mm-hmm. Literally, strictly. Like I have a song, pray. Like Luke's in the background, and he's just singing mm-hmm. of, of, of the same thing over and over. I said, just do that, right? And that's the point, right? Like you gotta utilize people differently. Whereas it's like it gets boring when you're like, all right, Giles, give me another thirty-two, right? You know, like the third time in a row. Like let's get it. Like that's I don't like mundane stuff like that. So. Um, if I'm going to ask an invader, like, all right, I had a thought about an invader and I want him to be more melodic and more singing tone. And, uh, and I, I didn't even get the chance to do it, but then I got someone else to do it that I was like, I just kind of kept on listening. I said, Oh, that guy would work perfectly for it. And it, it literally worked. Like, it's just all creative intuitiveness mm-hmm. and like, trust a lot of the times it doesn't work, right? It doesn't work out. Yeah, so, not always. Um, that's how it goes. Like, all, some VB guys didn't have it's like ET. I don't think he had anybody on his last project from VB on it. Invader, same thing. Uh, Luke, uh, same thing. So, like, and I think that's the thing. We, we, we kind of gravitate into our own worlds yeah and there's so, nothing wrong with that yeah, at all that's how it yeah, is and yeah. uh, i know for me though if i'm gonna have you involved in it it's gonna be on my terms like i'm never really that hands-on but when it comes to my when it comes to just life like i'll let you rock but when it comes to my personal albums lps and eps like there's those are no joke because like those made me they helped me like listen to a kendrick's lp or a cole's lp those literally helped me into like existence Right, um, so I'm not gonna play around and have like, yo, just give me an L13 bar. Trust me, I'll scrap it <laughs> if it doesn't make sense, right? So exactly. That and exactly. You, that's the best thing, man. And like the greatest thing is knowing that people left and they'll say, yo, I never talked about that stuff. Cool. I'm like, yep, I'm like that's what Meech Bowles music is about. Like I want it to be vulnerable. I want it to be hip hop. Like I want it to be art. You know, I want it to be very, very transparent. You know, what I mean, to the point where it gets confusing for people. Like, wait, did he just admit? Did he just say? You know, and that's mm-hmm. the point. Mm-hmm. Right, I don't want you to come in and give me a good verse. It's, it's a billion good verses. I, we could go on IG Reels right now and find a great freestyle, and then another one, exactly. and then another one. Mm-hmm. Right, like nothing gets done in the end of it all. Like, yeah. so that's why for me, it's gonna, it's very challenging. Yeah, to get on my project at least. You oh, know? that's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good, man. No, I, I, I love the insight, and yeah. I think you know, 
something you said earlier that again I keep harping back to, but I think it's so important. It's that word intent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You seem like an intentional guy. Yeah. In some, everything that you and everything that you do. So I just I appreciate that a lot Crazy, right? for for you and 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 your music. I think is so expansive in a lot of the different types of genre like uh subgenres of mm-hmm. hip-hop that you're able to touch yeah. uh we're gonna transition into the main lesson of this episode where we talk about what you're doing right now what you mm-hmm. got going on and i want to get really break down a lot more of your solo music mm-hmm. um specifically the most recent ep you just dropped yep, yep. Uh, money man meech mm-hmm. which is awesome by the way you guys Thank should you definitely all. check it out linked in the description below Please, make sure you do. guys check that yep. check that thing out it's awesome mm-hmm. uh it's five tracks but technically like three originals with like two sort of like yeah it's like two new ones yeah, yeah three yeah. three remixes right right exactly <laughs> which is i thought was dope so obviously you have on uh money man meech the, the sort of title track yeah, yeah. you had that on 28 but now have sir michael rocks yep, yep. on that as a feature which is yep. amazing yeah. i want to talk about that too and then you have um is your birthday yep. with uh luke yep and then, oh, the name of the other song with Neo, uh, Neo Retro is escaping sweet, me. Uh, sweet Mickey. Sweet Mickey. Yes, yeah, that's exactly Mickey. it. Yeah. So great little three, we'll call it a five pack, but it's yeah, really like three originals. It's like three, three originals. Three originals. Yeah. Um, man, talk to me about the Sir Michael Rocks feature. So what, yeah. So you obviously had uh, MMM out as a song on 28, as mm. I mentioned. And mm. then what was was the, the, the timeline or process with that? Because you had released that prior and yeah. then you come out with this again, but with a Sir Michael Rocks feature. So take me through like how that happened. Yeah. Uh, he, cool kids followed us, um, like last year at some point in time, you know what I mean? So the legends, I, I tell this day, I want to chuck English beat too. That's going to be my next <sighs> on my list. Uh, Dude. It, filthy. So, so good. So good, bro. So and, good. um, yeah, it was just, there was this, once I started working on this next LP that I'm working on right now, it was kind of, okay, let me just, how can I service the distro platforms really just so that it doesn't look like I'm an idol. So that was just my whole thought process. Mm-hmm. And I said, money man Meech is the one, like when it came to a more, uh, friendly record to the public on 28 money, man Meech was that. So, yep. and it was always just funny. I always grew up on WWE and raps is just personas and arcs. Right. So <laughs> yeah. rappers are just that. So I'm just like, yeah, money man Meech is uh that's the new thing. So, uh, ran with that and it was doing well on streaming and stuff from for me and then I was like alright let me just add to that and um, luckily was able to just reach out to Sir Michael and he's just like yeah bro like I heard of y'all that's, let's do it and I was like I thought he was about the tax I was like yeah like, I, like how much he's gonna ask for it and he's like yeah bro I mess with you I mess with y'all so like I usually do I think it was like 900 he's like I'll just do it for 300 I said like, oh wow right. Yeah, yeah, legend. Stealing that. That's a steal. Well, he was he was just on uh, Garrett Merck's most recent song too. So he's yeah, been, he's been yeah. touching all the rock yeah. and stuff lately, huh? Yeah, that's, cool. that's why I rock. That's why I rock with it. And he's like creating. He has a whole clothing line. So oh sweet, rapping know. isn't like his agenda, right? right? Now, so yeah, that's why yeah. it's cool that he even responded and was like, yeah, "People but, evolve, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. There you go. There mm-hmm. it is." So that was that's how it went, and I was I was great. I was like, bro. And the thing I was so happy about is just like I again, it's the same thing. I ain't adjusted. I want Michael Rocks on there on my terms. So I'm like, mm-hmm. here's I think it was like twelve verses, twelve bars maybe, maybe. I'm like, that's all I need. Yeah, I don't need you to give me the thirty four. He was like, probably like, "Word, that's cool." Yeah, yeah, trust. <laughs> he ain't gonna hesitate. So when I got that back, I said, "Yep, this is exactly what the song needs." Mm-hmm. That's the point. And I can say oh. I worked with him. So of course, you yeah, you have I mean? that in your catalog mm-hmm. now. So, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's a great. Uh, do you mind if we play a little clip of it for the people? Yeah, so we, all right, yeah, awesome. We're gonna play a little clip of Money Man Meets the. I guess technically the remix, the remix. right? With yeah. with Sir Michael Rocks, <laughs> uh, and we'll be right back. Yeah. 
I don't strut my stuff, no life is tough, I see how you getting it I got the might, it's just a shot, the might is the youngest beginning Talk about the top a lot, I know that it's only the second you getting rich Tired of being so generous, you talking too much, degenerate Most of these people degenerate, leaving their job and they benefits I can be talking, I'm part of the crowd, got me a job with a couple of thou Want me a shorty to buckle it down, getting too loud The money I found was making you proud, compromised by the sequence Deep in my feelings to see I ain't talk too much, I was just down for it Time to go be a man, seeking a fountain plea. Money gon' cost a rise, I leave on shot, they down me. Money gon' cost a rise, I leave on shot, they down me. Money man me, money. 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 And that was Money Man Meach, the title track off of Meach Bold's brand new EP featuring sir michael rocks mm-hmm. um so john glass mm-hmm. want to talk about john the big goat. shout out to john glass shout out john, like man. the goat seriously yeah. seriously yeah. goat as like a human being too mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. anyone that has no, that knows him and has met him before like the nicest human being ever uh he he knows i've said this many times he's done so much for me as just a creative and as a person right. so and i'm sure you can same. attest to the same for yeah. real uh, he is just a staple in this in this scene here. Uh, you're working on a an LP with him, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. So talk to me about what it's been like to work with John. I mean, of course, you've been working with a lot of different producers like Aziz, of course, and then within Van Buren, mm-hmm. Andrew, and Ricky, and Ricky, Ricky yeah. of course. Yeah. Big shout out to Ricky Felix. So what has what have you learned about yourself and how do you feel like you've grown or maybe adapted a little bit even as a as an artist working with someone like John and what has that experience overall been like for you? I'm sure a positive one, but I'd like to hear you hear you a little uh, get a little bit more depth in that. Uh, John. So the long story short is me and John would always have conversations here and there in passing. And then uh, I hit this creative rut really last year for a while and i just didn't record last year was probably the least i recorded after like four four or five years of just recording every every day every week whatever and then i kind of hit this rut because of just things that were happening Mm -hmm. so john one day i think we were at i don't remember what concert it was we were at some artist's concert i'm so mad i don't remember what it was but i seen him outside and walking and I, i always would um fall short on a lot of my promises specifically last year so i'll be like yeah man like we'll cook up like, we, like we'll get up we'll get up the the, the common artist jargon 99 percent of artists are lying literally bro. we're all just like yeah yeah we're gonna do it next week yo i'm gonna be there yeah we gotta cook up um i can and, attest to that as a, yeah, as a podcaster too bro. it happens it happens sometimes which i get it you know life happens it's life not, happens it's and not that, it's i don't it, never i never take it personally i'll put right, it that way right and that's so. why i think to me i learned a big lesson with when i looked at john i said yeah we're gonna do that because i haven't recorded i got nothing I got nothing, and um, luckily, like, 28 just came naturally, but mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, let's do it. So pulled up, and then we were just recording songs here and there, and I was like, yeah, bro. I said, like, one, John's filthy. I've never been in a room space like him making music, so yeah. I didn't never, I didn't know what he was capable of. It's different. Right? Watching it's different. Watching him is different. Yeah, it's yeah. like he does this. So uh, that was that, and then when I seen that and I heard the records we were making, it was uncomfortable in a good way. So, like, mm. it was just my approach was different and uh, than, than ever, than ever, to making records and making songs and making the concepts that I had because it was just, like, a year and a half of concepts that had been riddling me, and I didn't have anybody that could give me the beats that I wanted. Like, none of them. 
not Ricky, no one in VB, no one outside. Um, and everyone's there's great producers, man, but it's just like it wasn't connecting for me. So then John did that, and because he was just he was just an open canvas of like let's do it, even if he didn't, and I'm pretty sure he didn't know how to do like he didn't know what he was gonna do. Like he's like, yo, I want funk, soul, Japanese, all in one. And 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 a little bit of Crash Bandicoot in there. Oh, that's also the nineteen ninety, right? Let's go, right? Good like, shit. No, literally, we sample Metal Gear Solid. That's awesome. The the, the, the designation sound when they catch you. Oh, I was like, yeah. bro, I don't know what we're gonna do with it, but I want this. In there. Right? <laughs> that's fantastic. So seriously, I brought a washing machine. I was like, yo, I was washing my clothes yesterday. Could you do something with this? Bet, let's get it. And that's we did that. Awesome. So it's crazy. So and he's like, just do it, man. Let's do it. So I was like, yo, this dude's crazy. He's like, like, yeah, he is always bent down for anything like <laughs> he's that. Like, whatever. He really is. He's like, all right, let's try it. Even Bro. if it fucks up, you know, it doesn't work. And so I love his energy like that. His energy's like that. And yeah. that's creativity. Like to every creative. I had no advice for you, but the only thing I say is never shut down a person's idea mm. ever. And it could lead to the dumbest thing in the world, or it could lead to something so good. And that's yeah. the thing, like John opened my eyes to. And then when it leads to something good, arrange it. You know, arrange it correctly. Like, and there's certain things you arrange naturally. Like, if it's already like, I have songs where there's four verses, and like, I remember there was just I do that. I have always wanted to do that, and I never did it because I'm like, they told me songs were get, songs were getting shorter. So then you're like, uh oh. But now he was able to really pull out the best in me through like natural conversation, right? That's one caring about me as a person, and then taking my actual stories and my like hearing me like he's like all right bet i'm gonna add this i know that you said you love dmx you love sade you love tupac so maybe i add a little vocal here that's area of sade and then it, it picks my ears and now i got another eight 12 bars like i'm convicted to do that because he's just listening right so that's what changed he changed he honestly saved uh, my creative lifespan like because i was just like specifically with music because i was just like Nothing. Everything sounded monotonous. The beat sounded the same. Sarah sounded the same. Sample sounded the same. Nothing was feeling new yeah. to me after those last two three years from Bad for Press till last year. Literally till January. So I, I did it with him, and um, yeah, yeah, that was really everything, man. Like till this day. So like, yeah, we we do it weekly. We work weekly on it. I listen to that stuff every day, and it's gonna be it's gonna be it's my best work, and it's not it's not even done. But it's my best work for sure, 110%. There's just something to be said for that. And I hear what you're saying because I, I to, not to relate to you a little bit, like I kind of went through the same thing mm. a couple of years ago. I felt like, you know, I was really making myself be like, all right, I have to, you know, drop episodes on a certain day and, you know, I have to like bust out all this content and things like that. And right. I was just getting burnt out with it and it just became so monotonous to me. And it was yeah. almost like I was on autopilot yep. and I didn't feel as though I was getting like fulfillment out of it yep. anymore. Yep. And then once I sort of just switched things up and, and changed things, that's when like, or, and, and certain things did fall into place for me that was able to do that. But like you said, it, like, for me, I feel the same way with, with me. It opened my eyes and I was able to then sort of completely say, you know what? Like, well, I'm, I'm not going to get complacent and comfortable with this. I loved what you said earlier about getting uncomfortable but enjoying mm -hmm. that feeling mm -hmm. like i think not enough people put themselves intentionally mm -hmm. in that situation yeah. because that's when the most growth comes yes is when you're uncomfortable yes of course i mean any situation Yo. so and i think you just said you hit it on the nail too don't don't mean to interrupt no 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 like that growth, i don't want to lose my thought no no that please growth do. aspect this is a creative talk right mm -hmm. so i think that growth aspect is so essential and um there's like I remember I read something from this artist, this pottery uh, woman. I forgot her name, but she was from France. She was ill. She was fire, and she was like there's two forms of art: this capital A art and this lowercase a art. Mm -hmm. So then, like when I looked at that, 
capital A art services capitalism media mainstream and then lowercase a art is transformative like genuinely transformative is growth it's evolution based I love that. so when i seen that i said i am a lowercase a art guy naturally and I, that's the point like you have to signal signal like you have to signify what are you trying to service because yeah. when you're flip floppy which a lot of artists is, are doing and that's why hip-hop or music industry is stale because you have people kind of flip-flopping into what it what fits in this agenda what fits in that agenda and no one can choose a side and that's what people want to root for i root for people that have a side even if it's like i don't even agree with it like that's the point like you could stand on it and that's where you're like yo i don't like that guy because he always is like about this right and it's like at least he's showing where he's drawing the line but now we have people that are going on both ends and then you're doing everything, which is great for practice, for sure. But if we're talking about catalog and building up identity and something to believe in, like you're going to have to be able to give me something, some sort of direction. So if I'm listening to DMX, I know what I'm going. I know what direction I'm going. Sure. You listen to Drake, you know exact. You think you're gonna go to Drake for marriage advice? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I what are we talking not. about? You hope not, bro. Like, I hope not. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and that's the point. But artists don't even care about identifying themselves. Huh. They just want to be lit. They just want to be involved. They just want to. And and I can't. I just know that's the setup. Sadly, I just won't do that. You know what I mean? I know my direction. I know my parents raised me and put things behind me to this what? Not really showcase where, where I'm supposed to go. Like, from what I was raised. Like, you know, and that's why I think it's always important when you see people from this background, like the hood or whatever, or people that come up in a family of musicians and they're, like, really good at guitar and they have great catalogs, right? Like, those type of people. So, it's... um. That's the reason why the creative needs to be protected right now more than ever. And we, we're, we're cultivating something, but what is, again, the intention, what is it? Yeah. Like, what is it? The same thing with the scene. Like, what is the scene? What is it, right? Because I remember New York scene, their intention was, like, based with fashion. So when you have Rev Run and them mm-hmm. cultivate with one another, they're now wearing that hat. They're now wearing that shoes. And we have some stuff. So, like, you have local brands that are happening in the scene, too. And it's like, do they intertwine with us as well or is it just cool and that's the problem like you have people that are just like they're too cool for school so they stand over there mm-hmm. and it's like it's like you're gonna be good you're gonna have 20,000 30,000 followers and all that stuff and doing great on the internet digital space but it never was like we were all wearing coogee sweaters like we don't like what can I tell my child like about our run like yeah. our scene when it's all said and done like what do you have like and that's I was like yeah we used to wear that like like one day you want your son to pick up something and it's like a sock or like a shoe or something You're like yo what is this he's like yo you would have never guessed like i don't know when Mish Bowl had that show in 2038 like that's what we wore right we don't have that identity you don't have that signification yeah. anymore and art was always cultivating that you know what I me mean? like that's why for me i'll always name drop uh i love like I just love name dropping people I like. I like. I respond. I re- so like Midas is on Money Man Meach. Like Midas is a group, a collective group from Brockton. You know what I mean? And I was like, I'm like, I got the Midas touch. Shout out to Midas. The youngest be getting it. Like I'm gonna rap about that because that's cool what they doing. Uh, persona hat. If you're wearing a persona hat, that's cool. So rap about that. You know. But we're gonna go push uh, New Balance. We're gonna go push Rick Owens. We're gonna go push a whole already. They already got it. Timberlands. They already got it. Right. They already. They're good. You know what I mean? How about bold? How about we're talking about turntables? How about that? Like, mention that. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what's missing because dudes are going to exaggerate other stuff for the sake of the shininess. It's going to be more digestible. Mm -hmm. But, like, if I rap about this, it's not going to be, it's going to be uncomfortable for somebody. 
And it's like, this is so monotonous. It's so boring. So this, I wanted to escape. And it's just like, all right, bro. Like, like what if I told you we're all trying to do that? <laughs> and that's the point. Like, let's yeah. listen to this and say like, oh, you, you too? Like, that's why it always made me feel so resonated to a Tupac or DMX sure. or any R&B act, you know, that inspired me. Yeah. And that's what this scene can do. This scene can do that. You can get a 14-year-old to be attached to your platform, to your interviews, just like this, right? Just mm-hmm. your music. We have a responsibility. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. <laughs> Time will show I, us, bro. Bro, wow. That was a mic drop. Bro, this was, I would drop this if it wasn't attached. That was, bro, that was very well said. Yeah, bro. Very well articulated. I, I love everything you just said there. And I agree with a lot mm-hmm. of it, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely feel as though there are artists that sometimes, like you said, flip-flop in that way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there are – everyone's trying to get to a specific Whoa. place, right? Yeah. And it's and, and it's that classic yeah. – again, I'm going to drop a bunch of corny – you know, I never do nah, this. No, it's real. A bunch it's of corny real. quotes, but it's like it's real. people I, – I think once I – not to talk about myself, but I just feel as though once I stopped – kind of attaching an expectation to all of this and just started enjoying the journey. Right. I just, I get so much more fulfillment out of it and I've just enjoyed it more yes. than anything. Amen. That's you know, fact, like that's bro. really the biggest thing. Like fact. for example, too, and, and then celebrating other people's successes yes. and being part of that. Yes. Like uh, for yes. example, like I had a, a, a artist friend of mine who for the, again, for the gold fest, which we'll, I, I want to definitely talk to you about in just in a little bit, but um, you know, they said, Oh, like you should like, Oh, are you going to go cover that? Like, are you going to like bring a camera do that? And that would have been fine if I did. But my, in my headspace, I was like, you know what? No, like I just want to go That's as real. a supporter and I want to just, That's I don't real. need to capture the content. Yes. I did make a quick little video about it, but that's whatever. Like, that was after the fact. Yeah, after still I in the digested moment. it a little still bit. In the moment, I want, exactly. Yeah. I wanted to be in the moment. I wanted to enjoy it, and I wanted to Amen. act like I was like as a, a part of that. Yes, bro. Just as a an audience member. You were because that was it was never going to be about me, and it was and you were a part of it, bit way bigger than I was. But like, it wasn't even just about you. It was about the entire yeah. community and everybody that came together for that day. So, I I don't see it anymore as like I almost. Like, see, I think we have to look at our art as almost like living, breathing things right. that they do have a life of their own, and we yeah. just have to feed it or whatever. Even art, like creative spaces, whatever. Like, once I started just taking the attachment away from this, almost as like a, I have to get to X amount of followers, I have yes. to monetize, I have to yes. do this, that. Those things will, like, I want them thing to happen, of yeah. course, but I feel like sometimes, it, and I, sometimes I still get in that headspace. I'm not perfect, but when I catch myself and I'm like, no. No, and you know my mom's great about that. Cause she'll always take shout me. Mom. Ca- yeah. Shout out, mom. yeah, seriously. Yeah, she'll always, you know, take me down a couple pegs. Sometimes she's like, you know, look at everything you've accomplished, and we, yep. like look back at like the journey. Yep. Continue to look back at the journey, and I'm like, you're so right, because that's where I've gotten the most fulfillment and like the moments. Yeah, and just like the things that I think will take me forward so okay. that's yeah so and you spitting right now and i'll say i'll say this to add uh as, a, as an example Please um because i know the biggest statement is always i don't remember who what it was or where it came from but it was just like too many people at the end of the day too many people are focused on a destination rather than the journey of right? course yes. so it's yes. very simplistic as when i was just making when i was just rapping and when i was just hooping i was just rapping for fun i'm rapping on a bus mm-hmm. um i'm rapping here i'm rapping there just rapping. Yo, beats on the table, boom. Right? And you're like, all right, I got raps. And you're rapping. It's like, oh, Meech, you're nice. And you always hear that. And it, it cultivates stuff. So when people have successes or people show moments of brilliance, 
for sure acknowledge you have to acknowledge it um because you just don't know what it could derive mm-hmm. especially within our creative space like creative space is this opportunity and this this window to step away from reality to be able to assess reality mm. like that's what this is here for but we're not assessing anything anymore right the mo- the majority of music just stop the assessing. They're just in it. You're just all in it. So the, and the beat even sounds in it. I love Cardi and all that, but he just sounds in it. He just sounds in it. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I can't resonate. I can't feel him, but it sounds good. There's like a time right? and a place for it, but yeah, you don't feel that connection you don't, you don't feel, to it. Right. There's nothing like past just like, yeah, this is like a, a dope Bro. track. It's hype. It's cool. Whatever. It's, it's, it right. It sounds good at a party or whatever Bro. or in a space, but like it's not like I'm not going to leave here tonight and, and put on set. Cardi like, you know. Put on something like when I leave here to feel right. something. To that's, feel something. That's not what I. And, that's not the intention and, for it, which and, is fine. Right, and that, and that's fine. And I know the basis of what I'm thinking about is just like human human existence, right? Yes. So if you have someone that has, uh, what's the best way I can say? They want a BMA, for example, right? And you're like, yo, you see him on the streets. Like I've seen Charlie when I did the podcast earlier, and it was like, oh, you got the BMA? Like, yo, congrats on that. Because for Charlie, who says, when I was 28 years old, I didn't know what I was going to, what I was really on. As soon as I was working, and I wanted to do something. Yeah. That's serious. That's very real. Yes. Right? So when you have someone telling me, 18 years old, and we just rapping in a van going to a game in Southern Vermont, <laughs> and then dude's like, yo, Meech, you're pretty decent at this. And you like, I would have never thought. Mm-hmm. And that led to, now Felix is like, yo, I, I think you should join VB because, and, and it wasn't even, it was until I took my own, I saw Felix working, I saw Giles doing some stuff, and I said, I saw my boy, my other boy do some stuff, and I'm like, hmm, like I want to make a project because I'm feeling a lot about what just happened in college. And that's all I was. They didn't tell me, go make music, go rap. It was just literally them allowing me to be involved in it, allowing me to be involved in those little moments, uh, whatever it was, a show, whatever, all that. And then, it just went from there, right? Yeah. So then everything started cultivating, and all the people that stemmed from 16 years old to when I was 13, whenever Joey Badass dropped uh, 1999, 1999, I remember waves happened. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I remember I was in high school. 2012-ish, 2011-ish. 2011-ish, right? So Something I was like, like a junior, senior I was in high a, school. Yeah, I think I, I believe I was a senior as well. I graduated in 2012. 2012, same. Okay, same. cool, so, so same age. So that's what I was like. To me, I was like, bruh. I was like, this dude's the same age as me, but he's rapping about everything. Right. Like, how's he rapping about? And he was, it was from such a mature from, place, bro. I, I, I'm with you. I remember because I've been a hip hop head since yeah. I was young too, and like I remember listening to 1999 and being like, damn, this sounds a lot like the older shit yes. that I was listening to back yes. when I was nine, ten years old, Plays and I was my like, age. exactly. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it either. And he had that like deeper mm-hmm. voice, so just naturally, I thought he was older. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. And that 1999 really was like the stamp the stamp for me that was like okay yeah it you can be whatever like your experiences don't define necessarily your age necessarily like those right. two things don't need to necessarily align like i've had students i shit you not for like uh for sure that have probably been through a ton of more sometimes they've been through a lot more than i have yeah you know at the age that they're at and it's not to say that you know, I haven't been through my own shit, but it's like, you know, some kids have like that I've met over time, like, you know, they're a lot more mature than you would think. It's because yeah. they've had experiences that fostered that yeah. in some way, shape or form. Right. And in that same breath, you see those little things. I'll, I love the word foster you're using because that's where I kind of stem from it. So if Joey, Joey's had capital Steve's to foster him. Yes. And the, the other guys for sure, not, no disrespect to everyone else, but you can just kind of, we all, we can all feel the truth. Of course. Of like, all right, Steve's and Joey, like they different. And yeah. I think that's where I was like, all right, they, and that's why Joey to this day will talk about 
yo, like Steez was a oh, just I how mean, impactful he's been. Yeah, bro, you talking about on his, even his last project? Of course, he still can't get yeah. over that. He, oh, that's real, and he never will. He that never was, will. That was, that was his guy, and that, and that's the point. The connectivity, mm-hmm. like that's no joke. So when you have the scene, I want to see. I want to feel connectivity. Yes, I don't want it to be fake. I don't want it to be, you know, hoorah hoorah because you're doing well. No, hoorah hoorah for you who might be opening for Drake, and hoorah hoorah for you that just did Rockwell. For sixty people, right? Like let let's let's keep it a buck, right? And I think that's what's missing a lot because the overarching thing is just like, ah, oh, everyone's like, yay, yay, yeah. everyone's yay. But then it's like, yo, are we really, you know, making sure we're saying, you know, you're doing what? Like that was fire, that was good, and like, how are you doing today? Like it's dope, twenty eight, yeah, but that dropped in February, like. Like, it's like, that's, I'm not even the same person no, anymore, right? of course. And that's how it should be. Like, yeah. our artistic evolution and expression is that. It's expression. It's a point in time. It's fleeting. And then you grow and you move on. Like, I guarantee you if Tupac was 30, he would have been totally different. It's just a fact. Like, he would have talked totally different from 25. Mm-hmm. He would have been representing himself totally different. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need to keep everyone alive. Like, keep the spirit alive. That's why I challenge Glass. Like, this is, like, still overarching right back to Glass for me. Because it's just, like, yeah. it yeah. went right back to the main thing. Your expression, your creative inspiration is still there. It's still there. You Unless that dies, especially when you're already in this, whew, it's, a deep, it's a steep climb to come back from it that. It really is. And the right people do that. And I see the scene has so many, so much potential, you know what I mean, from top to bottom. And we can all do it, like right. So it's good to when you see a Bia talk to a key at a no label, right? Like you see someone here and someone that's here, and they could be there. They will be there with that assistance. You can see VB is here when we had Stiz. Like Stiz was like, "Yo, I see y'all." Christmas was like, "I see y'all." Like that was just vital. After a time point, we weren't getting any of that. So and that helps us without them. Without that, you don't get bad for press. Facts, right? You just don't. And, like, that's what people have to understand. If we be able to cultivate each other, you can literally get a great project out of it. You can get a great moment out of it. It's insane, bro. We don't have this meeting. You know what I mean? We don't have this meetup because someone just says, you're good. And it's not no, like, fist the cuffs. Like, let's just fake all the comp, bro. If we really (laughs) want to compete, you'll know. You know what I mean? But we're not there yet. Like, no one's there. I don't see that in anybody. No one's really trying to make it awkward. So that's the reason why, to me, I'm like, I'm like, that's where my mind is at. I'm like, yo, Glass, let's make it awkward. That's all I keep on saying. I'm like, <laughs> let's make it let's awkward. Let's make it awkward. Let me just talk let's my make talk. It awkward. So that's why it feels great, bro, just to get to this. I had to get that off. I had to get that no, off. That's I am, it. No, I, ser- <laughs> seriously, like, I, I, I can't I can't thank you enough for this conversation. Same, no, no, no. You, you left me, left me with some. You left me. This is everything right yeah, now. This yeah. really is. I think anybody that, I mean, thank you. And I, I, feel, I feel very honored and privileged to have this conversation with you because i feel as though it's now like i'm gonna walk away from this a lot more inspired for real so so i appreciate it so much and i hope that anybody listening to this felt the same way after hearing that because that was yeah you just like throw some bars bro um i hate to cut off such an incredible conversation (laughs) no please do i do need to jump to the next segment of the show or quickly before we finish the main lesson we Mm -hmm. have a couple more uh quick quick questions in that left but we got to do a pop quiz Mm -hmm. so a pop quiz is for anybody, any of your listeners, anybody that's you know coming on to us for the first time through Meech and doesn't know anything about our show. We do the segment of the show called Pop Quiz where I ask you some rapid fire questions. Um, some of them have to do with music. Some have okay. nothing to do with music at all. So they're just kind of a Word. mishmash of different questions. Got so um, first question I have is what was your initial reaction to TDE's DJ MacWap shouting you guys out for Gangbanger Remix? Uh, I was flabbergasted, <laughs> I was completely confused. I was lost, and I said that was uh, 
That was a great moment because TDE's a uh, big inspiration. I was confused, bro. That's the best. <laughs> I was flabbergasted and confused. That's awesome. Facts. Great man. Shout out <laughs> Macwap, man. That's my guy. I love it. Uh, on, on the same wave of TDE. And uh, yeah, by the way, that's just like an incredible cosign for you guys <laughs> to have. I'm sure you guys were like floored by that. Uh, you've said before you want a loyal fan base like Absol or Isaiah Rashad. Mm-hmm. Um, what about those guys do you look up to the most? And what do you think makes their fan bases so loyal, in your opinion? Like when you said that, like what about those two fan bases made Ooh. you made you say that? Very uh, simple for me. Artistic integrity. Mm. That's that's it's that simple. Artistic integrity. Uh, okay, man. good answer. No, I completely agree. Those I'm, I'm a big TDE guy too, mm-hmm. and I think criminally underrated Absol yeah. as a lyricist, and then Isaiah Rashad's creativity as well. I mean, both of them are creative, mm-hmm. creative in their own rights, of course. Um, okay. Larry June too is another one. I'm adding into that. List. Larry June, that's my guy. Yeah, yeah. Guy. Larry June's fire. Uh, okay, so being a former basketball player and coach, mm-hmm. as I am myself, mm-hmm. uh, you played and coached for a little while at Elms College. Yes. So for those former and current athletes who never went on to do any kind of coaching, what do you think is the biggest difference in the mental preparation between preparing for a game as a player versus preparing for a game as a coach? Oh, it's, uh, it, it's night and day. Um, as a player, uh, you, I would say the biggest, the biggest thing was doing your work. You, doing your, you, you do your work, and it sound, it, it's annoying, but ball is this simple. Uh, you buy into your role yeah. for the time being. Mm-hmm. It can always change. But if I told, I wish I told myself that because same. Because I'm like, it's always gonna like, you're like I'm always gonna be nah, 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 bro. Like, I literally, if I went back in time, I'll be like, yeah, this is your role. You play 94 feet. You defend, and you drive, penetrate, and kick. Right. You don't shoot threes like that. You don't try to get a, be aggressive for a, for a basket. That's what we're asking of you. Right, freshman year, that's what they're asking. And then sophomore year, we would like to see you increase a little bit more, shoot a little bit more, this and the third. So you do that. And then third year, you do that. And then fourth year, you culminate it, and you have the trust to do anything at that point. Unless you really like – it depends on your, your trajectory. So if you come in already lit like that, that's different. Yeah. Um, you grow in areas of leadership, right? So the preparation was totally like do your work and buy into your role. And when you buy into your role, that don't be a slave to your role. So – I would go. I, like, I, I'm so glad you said that. I wish I said that to my bro. former self too. Not to cut you off. So I was, I, mean, I, I'm a, I was a hoops guy my yeah. whole life. Yeah. And uh, played in high school, won a state championship, yep. played a little bit of college, nothing like you. I didn't play four years like mm-hmm. you did. But I, growing up, until I was about a freshman, sophomore in high school, like okay. I was like seen as like the best player mm-hmm. in my grade, things like that. I was kind of seen as like this potential prodigy, let it get to my head. Mm. And then just didn't like, I just didn't pan out the way I wanted to. Yep. And uh, as a junior and senior, I just became a spot up shooter essentially. Yeah. And, but I, I feel as though while I, I embraced that role as a player, cause I, you know, I got to play in the games yeah. and have that role. I, I wish I had said to myself, you know, no, like you need to work on these other areas yes. of your game because I just realized, so I've been this height since I was in seventh grade. Okay. I was, That's so I, crazy. I hit six one. <laughs> I just don't know if I've ever said this on, on air. I was six one in seventh grade. Okay. So your boy was just, Yo. was, it was, I was just bigger. So yeah. I, I had some skill. I could shoot it. And like, it was at a time where like, obviously Steph Curry wasn't a thing yeah. at that yeah. point. So, so that was crazy. I'm like six one and my coaches are trying to no get in the post, get in the post. But they're like, he can kind of shoot it. Yeah. Actually, he can really shoot it. Like, damn, all right. And my coach just kind of gave up at one point. He's just like, go ahead, just shoot wherever. Because, like, I was, you know, scoring 20-something points again. Yeah, yeah. But I allowed that again, allowed all that to get to yeah. my head. And then, you know, I just didn't work as hard as other guys. Other guys just 
you know, grew, caught up to me, et cetera. Uh, But I love that advice because I wish I had said, someone had told me that because I just became a spot up shooter. And again, I played my role and it helped the team and I appreciated that. But once I got to college, I needed to have a much more well-rounded game and it just didn't work out because of that. I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's literally night and day. Um, and then college is just, uh, college preparation was, um, you can do all the work. What I learned is you can do all the work you can't, like you want, you can do all the film study. You can break down offenses. You can give defensive schemes. You can give all that to a player. Um, but it's a waste of time if they don't believe in you, Mm -hmm. if they don't have a belief in the whole agenda. It's a waste of time. Yeah. It's a waste of time. Really, I wasted. Love <laughs> my school. Love my alma mater. Always on a fruit for them. But I wasted those two years of, like, there was a lot of work I did um, to the point where I look at the game of basketball now. because, Like, like I just see the game of basketball. I understand. Yeah. Like, I understand because I, like, watch. I was watching. You're watching D3 film. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Curry College versus Framingham State. For eight oh, that's hours. Right. That's, that was my, that's how my album. There you Brandon go. Yeah, Brandon yeah. State. Shout out Brandon. Brandon State. Right? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm watching them. Ain't nobody. They don't know who. Like, my cousin don't know who played that friend of him. And it's like, yeah. that's how serious, you know, you have to love the game. Right. To really, like, and I enjoyed that. Mm. I was enjoying that. But then when you tell them, hey, number number 33, you know, likes to drive left. for some for some this, you know, like, they're going to be like, all right, cool. And then you get in the game and you don't do it. Right? Over and over. And I said, bro, that six-point swing is more than you think. Oh, absolutely. Night, especially in college. That's everything. Oh, absolutely. Even so. even in high school. So I coached high school basketball for 10 years. Okay. And I just let up uh, my, my last season this yep. past winter was my last one. Yep. And I would tell my, my kids that all the time. I'm like, think about it. Like, if you turn the ball over, right, That's and they score, right, that's potentially a six-point swing. Yep. Most of the time, maybe like a four- or five-point swing. Mm-hmm. But then – and then think about – if you turn the ball over 20 times in a game mm-hmm. and they only turn the ball over five. So yeah. you're looking at a potential, you know, 15 times four. Let's just even take the threes out of the equation. Mm-hmm. It's 60 point swing potentially. Yeah. Now, obviously they're not going to score in every possession, right. but that's how you have to look at it. Yeah. It's like, you know, when, when you have an assignment, you got to, you got to play it, you yeah. know? And, but yeah. I, I understand about it. It's frustrating because, you know, team sports are, are tough because you're trying to fit, fit your role in as a part of a better collective but you're also you also want yourself to grow too yes. so like it's the same thing coach could be a, it's the ego thing it keeps it no and then yeah and then coach yeah coach is gonna make you feel like you're stagnant yeah if, if, if it's you're not one finding the right players right or you don't it starts from the coach right you don't have the right you, if you don't have the the coach spewing the right message yep right then you don't recruit the right players mm-hmm. um winning championship winning players uh, you don't recruit those. It becomes it's just it it's hell. It's literally hell on earth, bro. A, a bad basketball season in college and uh, high school. I wouldn't know in high school, but in college, it's hell because now you're driving to uh, Nashville, New Hampshire to get smacked. Like you know, it's just like <laughs> it's uh, never. It's never a fun time. Right, four no. hour ride, and then what? You give me fifteen dollars to go get food, right? You know what I mean? Like it's, the stipend. It's, it's tough. It's tough. So it's you really tough. gotta love it. That's the reason you why you really I, do, especially Division Three. Oh my goodness, you really gotta love it. And and it's real. Division Three puts in the same amount of work. The only difference between I, I feel D three and D one is um, like uh, there's no you don't work, you don't stay there in the summer, yep. right? You don't work yep. in the summer, but the schedule, the work practice, the practice schedule is just as heavy. It's almost yeah, it's almost you know it's I mean? pretty much the same. It's just the yeah. same. It's for me it was six thirty wake up. Yep. Going to play yep. you know, five five full court for mm-hmm. two hours. Mm-hmm. And you're going to class. class. Yep. Then when you get out of class, lifts. Yep. 
then you're going to dinner as a team. Yeah. And then at minimum, I think for us, it was twice a week we're going to study hall. Yeah. And I'm getting back in my dorm at 9 o'clock and doing it all over again. And it's just – it was it, – it's a hard it's – And hard. you're talking about Framingham State and Elms College. Like, these are not even premier D3 teams. Oh, God. That were doing that. Oh, no. You know? no. I think so the, that's how the, serious The whole four years I was there, and I didn't play the full time, but I only played for a very, very mm-hmm. short period of time. I think the most games they, they won was maybe like five in a season. Mm-hmm. And they went through three different, you know, coaches. It was just Bro. such. It's, when you have a revolving door of coaches too, you don't have that continuity. Yeah, yeah. there's no it. commitment. It's over. Oh, it makes man. it tough. Oh man. So I wouldn't change it for, trade it for the world though. No, a, no, no. no best, I wouldn't either. It's yeah. the best trauma I ever inherited. Bro. <laughs> Trust me, college boy. And as a coach too, I, I, oh. I, I will always value. I think I'll go back to it someday. It's just, yeah. it's just for me. It's no, just, I will it's, too. For no. me, it's just time. No, trust me. I'm it's like 45. My, my whole goal is 45, 50. Lead a whole high school program. I love I, it. I'm gonna do I that. Trust me. When it's all said and done, the dust settles. I, I've done my stuff with this, you know. Well, maybe we'll cross paths. On the yeah. Court someday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come out that chip, man. You know. Not if I can get, if I can help it. <laughs> uh, give me your best Chris Rock impression. Uh, man, I haven't done it in a minute. You haven't done it. I'm kind of rusty. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like, where? It's like, ah, now you got like, where do we go? It's like, it's like, I just know, uh. Look at the clock. Scrape, scrape, scrape. Like, you know, like, three o'clock. This is something, you know, like, that's, I, I used to do it very good. I, I fell off on it. I heard, I heard you had a good I, one. I, 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 yeah, I tried to do it on Adam Lou. It, it was a little, it was all right. But I just haven't, I haven't watched, Um, I was so infatuated. I'm infatuated with stand-up anyways. Gotcha. Because of just writing, period. Oh, right? stand-up, I love, I love stand-up always, comedy too. Right? There's yeah, still, I do. There's still this like they chronicalize. Talk it. about an art form. Oh, and I, uh, not so. to cut you up, but there's one thing I heard about comedians that I thought was so unique and interesting. It's one of the only industries where you can get to the very, very pinnacle in the top, yep. and you fall all the way back down and you start over because yep. Yep. you know someone like Chris Rock, even right, anybody, Louis C.K., Louis C.K., any yeah. of these people, right? Yeah. When you finally get to the point where you do that stand-up special, then you got to go all the way back and start over because you have to come up with new content yeah. and new ideas yep. so you're going to the comedy clubs again that you started it's in beautiful. and you're practicing different jokes and different deliveries and things like that and you're working on more just criteria and you're you're, you're perfecting your craft and i love I, I love that element like someone said a lot more eloquently than i did but no, I, I love yeah. the idea of like you you rise all the way to the top and you just come all the way back down and you start over again. bro i'm telling you it's, I, great. it's amazing and I, I think that's why i love it because you get uh i remember i think it was styles p was saying this but uh pretty much art hip-hop is the only art form that we literally isolate you more and more the older you get mm. and that's the crazy thing because stand up you don't see people reach their comedic prime to like 40s late 40s 50s yeah. like Eddie was a lightning in a bottle like to be able to be 20 early 20s and captivate the world um, Kevin Hart was like 36 37 yeah, by the time he had time too, so yeah. it's serious and I think hip hop to me deserves that Sam Grander like process because it's like yeah. it's a teaching tool you need more time you need more life you need more to see to come back. But now it's it's rough is that you have a 23-year-old who's lit, travel the globe, travel the country, and they talk about it. So then they're like, yo, he's experienced. He knows what he's talking about because he was just on a whole 50-country uh, tour. He knows what it is. And it's like, but you know what I mean? Like, does he really even know what the, he's conceptual, like what just happened to him? You know, does he really know what that run? That's why Michael Jackson is like, did he even know what that run was when he was 12, 13 years old? He like, and that's when probably you start, not. probably not. Right. And then that's when you get to mid twenties and he's like, yo, everything I did then was never my music. 
So what? And then Quincy's like, "What do you want to do for your music then?" You know, right. and that's how you get a thriller off the wall. Like, what do you want to do for your music? Well, I think this goes coming up, and I like it, but they're not doing it well enough. And it's like, oh, that's what Michael actually wants to do. That's what Michael wants to do. Word, let's do that. Like, that's what I love. So like, comedians, comedians are the same. Like, mm. you see, Chris Rock, like, came up. He was very vulgar about like the black community. Very vulgar. Like, people didn't like it. And then as he grew out of that, he gets mainstream. Does commercial, you know, all that stuff. He doesn't do as much stand up. And then he gets slapped. He gets slapped. He gets divorced. He does the tambourine. Like, now you see a little bit more of a meditative, oh, I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. I don't have a wife anymore. I cheated. I'm wilding. Okay, let's talk about that. My Will Smith slaps you. Now you talk about that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's evolved. And that's the beauty of it. Chappelle, same thing, right? Early course, stand yeah. up, walk away from 50 mil, come back reincarnated. And that is true. Is That's true art. That's true yeah. art. Like, it's oh, it really is. Like it really that. is an art form. Right. And it's, and it's just sort of just exact state it really is oh, it's exactly. beautiful it is it's beautiful i'm, I'm a huge stand-up comedian yeah fan. i love it my, my family and i we, we watch stand-up comedies like yeah. all that. that's like our thing we like i'll pull that. up to one soon i will I yeah yeah i'll oh, be into it going to a stand-up comedy show mm. is amazing yeah uh i went to uh it was on new year's eve uh andrew schultz, andrew schultz's stand-up okay. comedy in okay. uh uh, his special that he did in Boston, and okay. it was just oh my god, like just so <laughs> like you're just belt, you're just your stomach hurts afterwards. Laugh like to that type. He of thing. he worked. I remember him yeah. being on like MTV shows, like random MTV yeah. shows, like yeah, in the him, 2013, yes. 14, yeah. like mad randomly. And then mm-hmm. um, I saw him. He capitalized on Instagram's like little movement, yeah. and then I saw that he's actually pretty funny. Yeah. Like, I remember Chappelle even gave him, like, a nod, like, yo, these Instagram communities is weird, but, like, the Andrew Schultz guy, <laughs> he's actually pretty good. Like, you well, can tell yeah. he did the work. You yeah, during the pandemic, the he was doing those rants yeah. and, like, that just were very relatable yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah. you know? So, especially at the height of the political yeah. sort of things that were going on at the time, he really, you know. Respect but, to him, bro. Yeah, no, all the, like, all Chris Rock, too. Like, Kevin Hart, another one. I mean, yeah. I feel like he, you know, he really capitalized on on his on his stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and, and, and his craft and, and being becoming a, a great actor and being in so many different yeah. roles and different things like that. It's just like you said, we talked, like we talked about earlier, just that evolution yeah, of, of the art form. It's, yep. it's great. So yep. um, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of stand-up comedy myself. A um, couple more here. Uh, yeah. Bold Willow Tree just hit a million streams recently mm-hmm. on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Did you do anything specific to celebrate or those milestones not really too mean, meaningful uh, to you in a way? I love, that's like one of my favorite songs. Yours, I appreciate it, bro. It really is. Thank you. Um, it's funny because I didn't, I didn't celebrate. I didn't celebrate. I mean, I posted. I was great. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm thankful more than anything. I'm just blessed and thankful for more than anything. But what bothers me and doesn't bother me about that whole song is that the process never changed. Mm. Like, I think the only, like I literally was just going with the vibes. And I just remember that day I was just on some weird stuff like, yo, let me... Uh, Ricky, you got a beat? Oh, I like that beat. Give me 15 minutes. Like, and I was like, I'm going to do a 15-minute challenge just because. Like, and then... I don't remember where I saw it from, but someone was like, yo, I'm going to put 15 minutes. Like, oh, word. I was watching some YouTube joint, and I'm just like, oh, let me do that. And I just did that. E.T.'s like, yo, let me get on that. I said, bro, all right, go ahead. You better give me a good verse. <laughs> and then he went on there, did the verse, and I said, word. And I think he literally left immediately after. He's like, all right, bro, I'm going to go get food. Like, it wasn't <laughs> no, like, crazy concept. We sweat all night, all day. Like, You're no. Like, this is going to be the one. Bro. Like, it, it wasn't like that. Bro. Huh, interesting. When I say it was nothing like that, it was the most simple day of my life. I went home, huh. watched Toy Story. Pixar, one of my favorite movies, and a Pixar joint came out. <laughs> big, big Toy Story guy, right? A huge Toy Story guy. That's my guy. Woody's my guy. But, um, yeah, bro. Uh, Pixar sound effect came on. I was just like, 
I'm li- this song wasn't done, and I always my demos I listen to them every day, mm-hmm. I nonstop, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't stream, I don't do anything. I was just all that, and um, I was like, I need a transition, and that happened, and I was like, word, and that's how I got that. And everyone was saying like that was the reason why they were so captivated by it. Like majority of the people that follow me were like, yo, I found that I was so captivated by it. Listen to the rest of your catalog. You're 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 sick. You're filthy. I'm like, bro, what a blessing because of yeah. that. Right, you know, like yeah. it was a simple day. I was chilling, just like this, watching Pixar movie, and I'm like that would be cool. Just like it's my normal <laughs> process, and I think that's what I love. Like for five years of work and like my method to the madness, I started like figuring out what yeah. I preferred and liked in my creative process. And as long as I liked it, that's all that matters. Of course, no, that's, of course, that's all that matters. But at the same time, it's like for you working as hard as you have, yeah. for a song that you didn't really think was going to be as special as it as it has become and meant to like i said a lot of people that clearly are listening to it that's a beautiful thing in itself as well yeah i'm telling you there's only one person it was my my boy uh fufu and so uh he he was the only one like i played him the record i said yo i made a joint the other day peep he said yo this is a record i'm just like all right where i'll put it out like you know and And it it became one yeah yeah (laughs) shows shows keep those close you know absolutely absolutely uh, last question in pop quiz. Mm-hmm. I know you take Bible study classes on Wednesdays. Yep. Is that yep. correct? Yep. So how is this time important to you personally? Mm-hmm. And then besides including like, and you've, you've definitely included like a lot of like biblical references in your songs. Yeah. And some of your album covers have like sort of biblical references. So how do you think your faith impacts you as like a person, but also as an artist as well? Uh, it's, it's a huge factor for me. Um, in my earlier stages, it was always there. Like, I always was uh, cultivated in it. But the difference was what you just even acknowledged, like, the Bible studies. And now, like, I do a Bible study. Shout out my boy Connie um, from college that I hooped with. We do yeah. literally, we'll literally Bible study every day. Like, we'll navigate the word every day. And then sometimes it'll be, like, twice a day. Like, it'll be, like, two days. Because like, we're just hoopers. Like, we hoop. So, like, we come from that, like, yo, if I feel that initiative, I'm there. I'm going to be, yeah. I'm going to do it at the, I, I would take thousands of jumpers daily like that was nothing for me mm-hmm. at a certain point in time because i just love the work and seeing that you reap what you sow so that was everything um and the last that's why this glass project i can say it's my best work because awesome. i'm coexisting in real life in real time like with this work over here with my faith and that practice and the practice of the art whereas before it would just be practice of art with some sort of foggy knowledge of the faith like it was just foggy but it was always there bro it was always freaking annoying like it was just always there i'm just like what is this all about and once i had someone again the company you keep is everything so once i had my boy connie um just kind of keep me there and the field of it i was like yo we're gonna do this every day and he's like wait what like every day i thought we're gonna do this weekly like nah every day like we gotta do this every day because i remember with my music to get to bull willow tree i was doing music every day Right, four or five years right. so you really reap what you sow and i'm like bro it's bound to break so why would i not do that with my faith sure so that's where now i feel like yeah i found my peace in all of this you know what i mean to just be like that's why i didn't really celebrate a million bo willow tree because i'm looking at the bigger picture of mm-hmm. i'm happy it, you know met, it made me connect with people it made people like my music um but it didn't change my day-to-day Right. Right. You know, I didn't right. go to Whole Foods and like, I'm like, ah, like, you know, uh, like I didn't pay a car note. I paid, I was able to pay a car payment with whatever I made from there, but like Spotify don't pay much. Like, so yeah. then it's just like, what it's is this? Disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. It's so horrible. I'd rather like, 
that's the reason why to me I never made much of it. So when I talk to people and younger people, they're like, "Yo, I can't believe you talking to me." I'm like, "Bro, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that deep, bro." And you'll, <laughs> don't don't die on that hill of like I need a million streams because you get it. What you're gonna like? I'll show you what you get. Like you know what I mean? Trust. Life, yeah, life just kind of moves on bro, as is. No, I hear you. Just Uncle Sam, don't give a damn. Like I you feel know? like artists that are a little bit wet behind the ears are the ones that are like, oh, I want a million streams. Yeah. Like, I was I, them. I, yeah, oh, of course. Of course. When you start, you think you, you think that's the pinnacle, bro. but it's like. No, it's a lot of other uh, things. It's but, brand you know. deals, sync licensing. It's all, oh. the other, it's all the other things. It's that, all the other things <laughs> that no one talks about. Yep. And like, it's so funny. All your merch, your, your shows, all the, the, all the things that actually will help you to mm-hmm. create, whether it's a side living or, or a living yep. uh, off artistry. Yep. But I, I, I love what you said about just having, like building that routine for mm-hmm. everything you do. Mm-hmm. Like that is, that is a mindset. Bruh. That's a mentality. And you have it. And I, I just love you, that. And I, I hope that that inspires other people too to like, you know, stay good. Consistency. It's mm. so important. It's very It's not huge. sexy. Of course it's not. Just know that. The it's work not, is never sexy. The work is never sexy. <laughs> uh, the simplicity and mundaneness is not sexy at all. No, it is not. But the day I got to a million streams was, uh, the okay, I'll put it like this. The day I stopped caring for a million streams and wanted a million streams, it happened. I was like, what? Isn't it weird how that thing, those things happen? And that's life, right? The day you like stop hunting and chasing. I've, I've already seen it. Like guys that stop chasing hunting women. And then like they get married. They find a girl. It literally like, happened like, to me, bro. I'm not kidding. Bro. I like I deleted all my dating apps. I was like, fuck <laughs> this. I'm done. This, this is, is like, this is horrible. Yes. Literally, I go to a wedding. My, one of my friend's weddings and she's like the, the running joke in my friend group is I was going to George Clooney it that I was going to like never get married <laughs> never you know get, it's yeah. a backstory of me like you know sick. <laughs> put it this way come from a family of divorce yeah did not enjoy yeah. it did not see myself <laughs> going going down that road right, of marriage right. at all and uh I say yep I say to her yep I'm George Clooney it absolutely as as you said literally not I'm not even kidding two weeks later uh a girl I had a huge crush on when yep. I was in college yep comes back into my life Four years later, hey man, dog. that's she's, crazy, she's, dog. Isn't that, isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? Yeah. Like when Yo. I stopped looking, yes. she was like, "Oh, hey, I'm right here." Yeah. <laughs> you like what? It's, it's like, wild. And you always knew, but you didn't, right? That's the point. Like yeah. you knew, but you didn't, dude. I right? Just, so yeah, like I'm not, I'm not super <laughs> religious, but I'm definitely like spiritual in the sense of yeah. like I don't know what I believe, but I definitely believe there's a higher power. Right. And I think there's just so much that we as humans just don't understand. Don't understand. Right? We don't understand. Like, we think we have more control over our lives than we think. Yeah. We do. Like, we, we do have control in some ways. I'm right. not saying we don't, right. but I think we think we have more autonomy over our lives than we realize. Like, there is just, the universe does, like I said, work, like, here's another corny quote, uh, works in mysterious ways. Yeah. It, it is a real yeah. thing. It and, is. I mean, we've all, I'm sure, been been a witness to it in some way, shape, or form of, I, of seeing, you bro. know, just serendipity or whatever just working to to give us something that we i think we need at that time right? yeah. maybe at that time that was my time was to have her in my life then yep. you know what i mean maybe yep. it wasn't before then maybe it was i had yep. to come to that realization of like yeah i should probably stop chasing yeah women and going on these meaningless dates and having the same conversation Bro. right because this person is the person i'm supposed to be with it's Bro. just it's strange how that shit happens well strange like i i, I, I remember they always say like uh the truth is stranger than fiction yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. So like when you see like, wait, I always she was always around. Like this makes no sense. And that and I think that's why to me, 
um, like you even said, if you come from divorced parents, and then I had my parents, like, it's like we have to acknowledge a lot of the things of just humanity in itself. We can't lean on our own understanding. Mm-mm. We can't. No, like, for, it's like, like so when, it's, when it's all said, when it's all said and done. So, and I think I, no, I know I found peace knowing that. I said, oh, wait, I don't have to. I don't have to just listen to, like, I'm, it's just me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the moment I was able to say, all right, bet, like, I don't have to be a know-it-all. <laughs> Whoa, like, that's crazy to me. And then that's why I always loved, we get inspired by a lot of artists because a lot of their great work comes from confusion. It yeah. comes from a, a place of under no understanding. You're trying to find understanding. It's seeking, right? So, and I think that's the reason why it's like, all right, now you have your parents get divorced. It's a bad. It's a sad thing. It's not. It might not be a good result. But then you get a good result. Maybe now you're uh, you have a kid, right? And then now your parents, a granddad and a grandmom, and they could be like, you know, do this. Like I didn't do that correctly, mm-hmm. so that you can avoid that. Because no one, it's not joyful. Like everyone, I know for a fact that all of our parents. I always contemplate that. Every marriage, every relationship is contemplating a breakup, contemplating a divorce. But then there's some people that can see it through and some people that's like, we can't see it through with each other. It's it's what it is, like compatibility, right? right? right. So, um, and, t- and the time always reveals that, right? So that's why I always like, I, I, my, my favorite was always like, shout out Stash. Like, time will show me who's the most pure, bro. Like, that, like that's just what it is. It's just purity. No one's right, no one's wrong, right? Seriously, it's just who's pure. Who can sit here and say, and tell your, like, can your mom tell your, your son, your future son, like, you know, the way you treated Sarah is not, don't do that. Because your dad, your grandpa, you know? And then, like, your son's your son's love and you teaching him to love your grandma enough will be able to hear her, his grandma and be like, you're right, grandma. Like, thank you. That's why that center core family was, that's why it's so huge to me. Because my right. grandma was there for that. Yeah. My grandma was there. Like, her and my grandpa worked together. And my grandpa was wilding. He had, like, 19, 20 kids. Like, I got a, a, a aunt my age, right? Like, Shit. seriously. Wow. So, like, but she was always just like, yeah, just keep loving. Like, just keep going. I'm just like, how? Like, how you not pissed, <laughs> right? Like, burn his car. Like, nah, bro. Like, maybe, like, that's just what it is. So Yeah, because doing those things are never going to, like, it's never going to fix your problems. It's, no it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change nothing, no, right? No, so, that's the reason why, like, it's, it's yeah. so much more peace in knowing. There's no, like... The right and wrong answer, like there's always gonna be right and wrong, yeah. good and bad. There's like, but that's the ethos exactly. of our world, right? Good, yeah. evil, yin and yang. Yeah. That's it. Like, like they said, the devil, God, right? There's always gonna be a back and forth. So. Right. And I've always said this now, or, or like the last few years, like I mean, I, I think I always believed it in my heart mm-hmm. that I would, you know, get married and have yeah. kids. I mean, I'm not there yet, of course, but right. like I'm, you know, I'm on my way. And I always said, you know, I, I, I always wanted to say, I always be a. I wanted to be a better dad than mine. You know right, I mean? that, right. That was always my goal. Right. And, you know, my mom was just Amen. like a fucking a rock. And the other thing about it, too, is I felt as though I realize it now that having that mindset of, oh, this this divorce when my parents were 10, my dad, you know, not being around and things like that. And that's that whole situation sucking. Yeah, it was tough. But in my adult life to carry that still. Mm. And I think I'm always I'll carry it in some way, yeah. shape or form. But to like yeah. make decisions based off of it. I was doing myself a disservice yeah, in man. my adult life to have something and be happy and, and give myself and right my my future family an opportunity to be happy and, and, and to right those wrongs potentially. So, you know, I, I see that now. Yeah. I see that now that you're absolutely right, that that experience and what I thought I knew is not really what I know I can be as an adult and as a man. Right. You know? Right. And I just, and I know right. that, that, no, this is the situation that's what's best for me, not the situation is, I right. thought that was best for me. Correct. Because I was 
acting off of trauma and off of pain yeah. and yeah. those things again i was confused i didn't understand it's just you, you nah. speak in my life that's what that's what uh, this is me. this is a yeah, bro like we just yeah. oh, we could go on forever bro it's a me, beautiful bro. conversation trust bro. me bro I, I, and i, I think love to, this and i think to even bring it back i'll yep. end it like this for, for, for this for this specific topic like uh the point is to we we want to progress you have to progress the next generation mm -hmm. so you got to challenge the status quo. So the status quo of like you had a bad, if you say, okay, I had, uh, my dad wasn't a good father. Okay. I'll be a better father. And that's the, pro that's a progression so that you can, you say that you can see your lineage, bro. Like you can see your grandkids. That's what's scary about that. Like we don't, I, I, I think right now people aren't even seeing lineage concepts. They're thinking about, I'm going to die. I'm going <laughs> to die. So I got to figure it. I got I to gotta go to France right now. I got to do coke right now. I got to do Molly right now. And I understand those urges. Mm -hmm. So like, and I would lean on that so much. So that's why to me, I want what I hope and pray for, man, with art especially, is that when all this fly, flashy stuff, because I love looking cool and nice. Like I love my watch. I love whatever. Like I love my chain. I, I, I like it. I like all those things. I'll say that. But the whole point I would hope to see is musically and artistically seeing people push the next generation, like the next form of lineage, because we are seeding it right now. Like we're sowing those seeds right now. So if we're talking about Rick Owens right now. They're going to talk about whatever designer is going to be popping in 2040. You know what I mean? They're, that's what's going to be cool. And it's like, all right, if we could be able to have the majority of artists say like, yo, let's push the next generation forward and talk about the challenges of our marital stuff uh cheating infidelity issues uh my drug addiction uh porn addiction uh, you can um whatever it is you know what i mean uh materialism right like i was always in the cars and fancy things and fast life right uh alcoholism right those are the things we have to All attack you know yeah gotta do it gotta do it for the next generation because it's like it's bigger than us it's deeper than, it's deeper than rap right so that's it meech man for real like i so many just like eloquently stated things that mm -hmm. you've you've had you've said today like in this episode like Same, i, I i'm serious yeah for real like, spitting I, bro yeah spitting. for real this is this is awesome yo straight up i i, bro, I, I, I appreciate i appreciate i appreciate the shit out of you man yo, like you guys got a treat bro. with this one i'll tell you that right bro. now you got an absolute fucking treat with this one Bro, like I, I can't thank you enough for coming yeah, through bro. today. This has been so that was that was apparently pop quiz. I don't think we've ever had a yeah. pop quiz that's got a, we never really finished pop quiz. Yeah. Uh, man, you know, I don't I don't want to keep you too long, so I know uh you know this is yeah. you've you've been just this is this has been a blessing for yeah, real. I, person, I, I just I appreciate you so much. Um wow, it's great. I, I'm gonna walk away from this so inspired. Uh, I do have one last question yes. for you. So this is the open response. Yes. So in the open response, we do the dream song scenario on turntable teachers. So I'll structure it for you. It's your song, Meech Bold's song, and you can have anyone on that song, dead or alive. Okay. You get up to two producers and three guest features. Who would be on Meech Bold's dream song scenario? Take Ooh. as much time as you need. Um, this is a good one. Uh, oh, okay. So feature-wise, Marvin Gaye. Ooh. Marvin Gaye. I don't think we've ever had Marvin Gaye. On yeah. Here. I got a I got a Marvin Gaye vinyl in there. It's not it's not up here. Which one? Uh, I'm gonna. Oh, hold on, I'm gonna grab it right now. I'm curious now. I like which one was it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love. Uh, bro. Which is uh, a classic, classic. Obviously, I don't even. Anything Marvin Gaye. I don't even need to say that. But bro. I'm gonna leave this right. Yeah, as I was say, Marvin Gaye feature. I love the RV. <laughs> The R B <laughs> <laughs> the R B O they know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The R B O I always love the R and B hip hop trope 
concept. So, and you said two, two, two features. Yeah. So that would be one. Yeah. Uh, two, uh, two, one to two producers. And then you get, oh, up, you get up to three so features. I, I would do, I would do. So Marvin Gaye, me and Marvin Gaye. Okay. And then I would want Miles Davis to be Damn, involved in the production. The throwbacks. I yeah, love this shit. I want Miles Davis to be involved in production 110%. Um, as like, you know, chords and all that, mm-hmm. Sonics, Jazz Sonics. I'll have Prince involved as well on that produ- production side. And then the third person I'll add for that production quartet who I think can kind of be in the room with it is Pharrell because I think he has enough humility to be. No, I lied. I'm tweaking. Yay. Yay. Okay. Kanye got to be in there. All right. So I'll say that. I would say Kanye, Miles Davis, and Prince is involved in the production. And you got Marvin Gaye. And then you got Marvin Gaye on the feature. I love it. And that's it. I love it. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want anyone else after Marvin Gaye. What? That's. Like, I mean, yeah. Well, you come know, on, bro. Doesn't need anything. Doesn't need anything. <laughs> like I'm good. And then yeah, production wise, man, Ye would never fail me, and Prince's ear would never fail. He would test every artist's uh, quote, and Miles Davis was just him, man. Miles Davis damn. didn't give a damn. Well, yeah. I think it would be a smash hit. I, yeah. I Meech featuring Marvin Gaye, Kanye West, Miles Davis, and uh, Prince. Uh, Prince. I'm sorry. Production. The last one. Yeah, that would be a absolute yeah, smash. Uh, meet you. What a, what an what an bro, episode. I Seriously, it, I appreciate you so much for coming. I'll be through. back. I'll I'll come back around next year when the album's out. I I would love do that. that as well. <laughs> I would love that as well. Yeah, this is your time right now to plug away. So mm-hmm. anything any last shout outs or anything you got going on where people can find you if yeah. they're they're a fan of us but just coming on to you for the first time, which would be horrible and uh you know, make sure you get hit with this man and the entire Van Buren collective right now if you don't know who they are. Uh, that is yeah. an absolute yeah. crime, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, um, Fortune favors the bold. Um, I'm going to do some new merch really coming soon, really quick. Money Man Meach on platforms, Van Buren. Uh, more music uh, coming soon, but album coming next year. Album definitely coming next year, 110%. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll give you the name. I'll give you the name oh, of that right. album. Oh, right now, yeah. I said, I okay. I'll turn exclusive. Let's yeah, I'll go. give you exclusive. So the name of the project is, I'm going to tell you before I dot, dot, dot. That's the name of the album. So I'm going to tell you, comma, before I dot, dot, dot. Shit. So I'll leave you with that. Yeah. That's, that's the album. Yeah, get ready, that. man. I'm excited, that. bro. Damn. <laughs> A Meech album produced by Jean Glass called that. Yo, yep. all right, now I'm excited. Glass, I, I, the cat's out of the bag. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he won't mind. I'm sure he won't mind. Nah, Glass, like, that's sick, dude. <laughs> Trust me. I'm glad you did it here, yeah, bro. bro. Appreciate you, man. For real. Uh, if you are a fan of Meech just come, or Van Buren just coming on to us for the first time, you can follow us at Turntable Teachers on Instagram, TikTok. Hit up our website, turntableteachers.com for all the latest blog posts, merch, episodes, all that. And of course, if you're an artist, podcaster, or a content creator of any kind, make sure you hit us up at aoastudios.org. Book your session today. We are now open for bookings. And that's pretty much it. Meech, thank you so much for being here. It's an awesome episode. Thanks, bro. Thank you, man. Of course, of course. So as always, I'm Mike. That's Meech with the Turntable Teachers. And class is officially dismissed. Turn-tables. 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 Turn-tables.